Hi guys, this is Shon. In this episode of Beta Mode, we feature Ogechi Agu, founder of Amaka, a brand specializing in Afrocentric handbags. A Nigerian-American with nursing background, Ogechi combined her passion for fashion with her entrepreneurial spirit to create Amaka. She discusses the challenges of starting a business with no prior experience, relying on her family's support and self-taught business skills. Ogechi's vision for Amaka involves expanding beyond handbags to include men's accessories and luggage, aiming to offer affordable luxury. The brand reflects her Nigerian heritage using African-inspired designs and eco-friendly materials. Ogechi plans to grow Amaka through pop-ups and possibly brick-and-mortar stores, emphasizing the brand's unique culture and fashion fusion. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi everyone, today we're interviewing Ogechi Agu, founder of Amaka, to talk about Afrocentric branding and entrepreneurship. Hi Ogechi, welcome to the podcast. Hi Shun, thank you for having me. So to start the show, we want to get some idea of who you are. Do you mind telling us a bit about yourself and a bit about your background? Yeah, of course. So I'm Ogechi Agu, I'm first gen Nigerian American, born and raised in Houston, Texas. I've lived here pretty much most of my life, commuted here and there for school and work. So you said you were born in Houston, Texas. Did you also go to school here or did you go to school out of state? No, I went to school in several places. Undergrad was done in state here in Texas at SFA, Stephen F. Austin State University. I was there for about three to four years and then I actually transferred for nursing school. So I went to a private nursing school at Galen College of Nursing in San Antonio. And from there, I pursued my bachelor's of science in nursing at the University of Texas at Arlington. And then I advanced my education in getting my master's for a nurse practitioner at University of Texas at Arlington online. All right. That's a great educational background. I'm assuming you're currently a nurse. I mean, you have all these degrees in nursing. I'm assuming you're practicing. Yes, I'm a nurse practitioner. So I've done some work in an acute care setting in a hospital. And then I also worked as a travel nurse. I did that for about three and a half years. And currently I am practicing as a nurse practitioner. And you're not only a nurse practitioner, apparently you have this uh, business on the side called Amaka. So how are you able to balance your work as a nurse and this huge side project that you've been working on for quite some time? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm even amazed how I'm able to juggle it all, but a lot of long nights and early mornings. Amaka was something that I came up with when I actually made the decision to advance my education. Being an advanced practice provider and choosing to go to school requires some sacrifice, both financial and time. And because I knew that I wouldn't be able to kind of work and hustle like I traditionally would, I wanted to pursue something that I was passionate about that could make some supplemental income. And that's kind of how I took a step back and evaluated what I was passionate about, which is fashion. It has always been, aside from healthcare, it's, I've always had a knack for fashion. And it just kind of led me to really think about the things where I wish that I saw when I was shopping online. I would always say that I have a very unique taste. I love eye-catching pieces. And I wanted to create something that I would love. So I 
kind of took a step and took a couple months and drew out a couple things. And at first I thought I was going to do Ankara-inspired activewear, but yeah. yeah, that was very challenging given activewear has to be a little bit breathable and it has to have some stretch. And right. it was really hard pitching it to people to get that support. A lot of people did not see that vision. So I tabled that and I went back to the drawing board and I remember I was in my room one day and I was thinking there's so many different avenues that I could take in fashion, but what do I love the most? And handbags just kept popping up. I love handbags. I love accessories. You can always catch me with a bag. And I said, you know what, let me start off with handbags and see if that's something that I can do. And before I knew it, I had the LLC going and I was creating a website and I was looking at different pieces, fabrics and materials for inventory and a market came to be and it's just taken off since then. So you mentioned handbags stood out to you as the main fashion item that you wanted to create. I guess it's safe to assume that Amako is a fashion brand that specializes in handbags. And these are what we'll call Afro-themed or Afro-centric handbags. So can you tell us a bit about what inspired your design of the bags? Were there any Western handbags that you looked up to? Were there any African handbags that you looked up to when coming up with this, I must say, a very beautiful product that is the Amako handbag? Thank you so much. So... For the most part, I have always been heavily inspired by Gucci, Hermes, YSL, those wouldn't say Western, but definitely popular here in the U.S. as far as influence, specifically Gucci. I was always inspired by how they aren't afraid to push the envelope when it comes to curation, when it comes to their collections and adding unique materials. Even now they have bamboo connected to leather handbags and who would have ever thought of that? So I was always heavily inspired by those main brands, Gucci in particular. But then when I decided not only to name it a Maka, Maka is actually named after my mother, who is, of course, Nigerian. And to create a collection, I wanted to make sure that I tied in my Nigerian roots. I wanted to make sure I didn't look like everyone else who had a handbag collection. I thought to myself, what sets me apart from everyone else? And that's me being Nigerian. I also wanted to ensure that I wasn't being wasteful. I understood that at the time when I started in 2019, many people were leaning more towards a sustainable way of running their business in any way they could. So I decided instead of pursuing true leather to pursue vegan leather materials, just to kind of reduce my carbon footprint. And that really resonated with a lot of my audience. So tying in sustainability, vegan leather materials and my Nigerian roots and with inspiration here and there from different brands, Amaka is kind of birthed out of those inspiring elements. So Yeah, that's very inspiring to hear. So these are Afro-themed bags, but they're also very eco-friendly. And it sounds like that was the appeal to a lot of people when shopping for the Amaka's handbags. And like I said, they look great. They look like they're luxury bags. You mentioned Gucci as one of your inspirations. Is there a reason why you chose to create a more luxurious brand than maybe a brand that's, I guess, not as luxurious for people who would not be typically shopping at Gucci? <laughs> right. When I was thinking about what I wanted and what I wanted to see and what I wanted to create, 
At the time, I was on a budget because I was in going to grad school and I wanted to make sure I appealed to people who had a luxurious taste, but maybe their pockets didn't match their taste specifically. So affordable luxury was our slogan for a while, in addition to hold on to something precious, because it did resonate with people who are like me, who have expensive tastes. So with the inspiration of larger brands, I knew I could still create something that was luxurious, but still be affordable. And that was very important to me. Even creating my price point and appealing to my target audience, I wanted to make sure that it was something that seemed attainable, but was still affordable. And that just grew from there. Good. And you mentioned your source material earlier, just to clarify, are these expensive materials? I'm not huge experience in this industry, but these are eco-friendly materials, as you said. So how would you compare, let's say, your bags to maybe the state of the art in terms of eco-friendly fashion? Where are you sourcing these materials from? How are these bags made? Can you walk us through the process and also walk us through how you decided to design the bags? Yeah. So compared to, I would say, traditional leather, the cost is maybe about 75% less because we're not using leather materials. And the cost of making goods with leather materials is much higher than vegan leather. And there's much more variety. You have Safiano, you have PU leather. So those are usually the materials that I reach for and a crock PU leather. Those are like our staple patterns and materials. We partner with people who are overseas in Europe, Asia, India as well. And as of late, most of our partners have been in Asia. And it's a challenge. There's a lot of back and forth virtual communication going on. The way my handbags come about, I usually get inspired. I'm inspired by music. I'm inspired by maybe a pattern I'll see or maybe a major luxury brand that I'm like, I know how I can do that, but in a way that would be appealing to my own audience or something as little as going to a Nigerian wedding and seeing an amazing Ankara or material or a color that I haven't seen in bag form would inspire me. And then I'll hit up my retailers, hit up my manufacturers and ask them, can you create this color? Can you create this material? I'll draw it out freehand and send it over to them. And then from there, they show me mock-ups of what they have. From the ground up, we really build these handbags. So it's a pretty tedious process. I know when I first started, I didn't think it would take long. I thought I could just find a manufacturer online and tell them what I want them to make and they fix it within... A month, but I learned early on that some of these handbags from my thoughts to actual being in front of me and in front of a customer can take maybe three to six months. So it's a process, but I think that's the most fun I have is in developing the actual bag and seeing my idea come to life. Of course, that's probably the most exciting part. And you're striving to make sure that this idea that you've had for some time and you're, you're trying to see it to fruition and you want people to enjoy the product. It looks like people do. In terms of those who do, who would you say your target audience is? Are you geared towards Africans mostly or is your target demographic more broad? I would say our target audience are African women between the ages of 25 and 34. During the pandemic, honestly, during the Black Lives Matter movement and Black-owned brands kind of being at the forefront of e-commerce, a lot of people from all types of backgrounds were really reaching to support minority-owned, Black-owned specifically businesses, women-owned businesses, and just to highlight and promote them. So from there, my small target audience kind of grew into more of a global 
audience. We only ship nationally, but there have been people from all around the world sharing Amaka's page, Amaka's website. And we've had some very surprising clients and customers requesting our bags. So, yeah. Okay, so it's focused on that demographic, African women in their 30s, late 20s, but anyone can purchase these bags. And you mentioned something about weddings. I was thinking, is this the bag that people in that demographic would take to an African wedding? I'm just wondering if when you're making these bags, do you you keep that in mind? Do you think, okay, this is the handbag that you take the wedding. This is the handbag that you might take on the go. Have you considered ways to specify the occasion for each of the bags that you're designing? That's a great question. Usually the client kind of dictates where they want to take the bag, but I have been a guest at weddings where I'm looking to the left and the right. I'm like, hey, that's our bag. That's an Amaka bag. And that's always exciting to see people holding my bag. That's one of our greatest motivators for sure. But the latest bag that we have is the Chica handbag, which is a mini petite sack that appeals to most people who are going out. Mini bags are all the rage right now. All the girls love going out with their mini bags and they probably wouldn't hold a larger, more traditional bag like our Ogechi handbag or some of our previous tote bags, which are a little bit larger than a standard handbag. So when I'm developing the idea and the concept of the bag and how I'm going to market around it, I think about where would I personally wear this bag. So that's kind of how I decide how I'm going to market it and kind of give an idea of what was my inspiration behind the bag and where I would expect someone to take it. But I've seen people take the Chica bags to work and run errands with it. And I've seen people hold it at weddings and more upscale events or a night out with the girls, which is what we've kind of curated the bag to be for. So it's up to the customer's discretion where they want to take the bag. Okay. So now that you've mentioned you've seen your bag at the wedding, I think that's when you know, okay, like what I've been doing, it's it's really getting out there. You had this a while, idea a while back and it was a passion of yours and you explored it and you came up with a product and that's very impressive. Congratulations to you. Thank you. So I did want to ask you a bit more about this. You started with handbags and I was wondering if at any point you considered expanding to other fashion items. Are handbags going to be the Maca fashion item in perpetuity or did you consider other type of fashion items to expand your collection? Yeah. One thing about me, I'll never put limits on myself. I always say anything is possible. What is interesting today may not be interesting tomorrow. You kind of have to shift. I believe that Amaka will stay true to handbags, but I have been inspired to consider other things like luggage and other accessories outside of just traditional women's handbags, like satchels for men. I have so many men knocking on my door, calling my phone, sending me messages and DMs saying like, hey, when are you going to make something specifically for men, like fanny packs and side packs? Men are comfortable wearing what they wouldn't traditionally call a handbag, but a pouch. I've definitely explored those things. That's something that is on my radar and is in slow development. But I believe that the Amaka Handbags and Accessories brand will continue to have handbags. But there's no ceiling on how far we can get. I'm open to a lot more types of bags and luggages and things of that nature. Yeah, excellent mentality. There's no reason to limit yourself, especially when you're creating essentially fashion baggage, right? So a handbag, a pouch, even the luggage, as, as long as it has your unique design, a maca is on the bag. There's no reason why your product can't expand to that space. And I'm really glad to hear that you're very open to that. Exactly. And speaking of the design a little bit more, 
I'm online looking at it, and I'm curious to see how you're really paying homage to the Afro theme part of this fashion brand. Amaka is the name. That's a Nigerian name. So can you walk us through the details on how you are incorporating African patterns and bits of African culture into your design? And do you have a product in the future that could potentially incorporate more elements, maybe not from Nigerian culture, maybe from other parts of the continent, East Africa, South Africa, other countries in West Africa, maybe incorporating those elements as well into your product? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know which bag you're looking at specifically, but if you're looking at the Chica handbag, you can see that there is a crop design to the bag. I've always yeah, been inspired by patterns and animal prints, cheetah print, leopard print, snake skin, alligator skin, and crocodile skin. Crocodile is one of those I would say luxury materials that truly stands out. And it's kind of been at the forefront of our most recent collection in the last year. And that's just heavily inspired by just animals. If I'm being clear, that crocodile print, it just screams luxury. And it's just such a beautiful pattern. But the gold elements, if you look back, I know they're not there on the website, but when we first started Amaka in 2019, I've always been drawn to gold. And I wouldn't say gold is native, but Africans, gold is very well known in West African culture. We wear gold more than any other gem. And I've always incorporated gold in some sort in all of our handbags. And we're known for our gold detailing, kind of woven through everything that we do with Amaka. So gold, you can always find in any collection that we do, a little bit of gold detailing and definitely some form of animal print. We may try to kind of revert a little back to the Safiano leathers and the other types of PU leather, plush leathers that people are drawn to, just to ensure that we're still kind of in tune with what is trendy, but still staying true to the things that I think appeals to an African demographic that they can kind of see themselves in. So, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Okay, because I look at the bags, right, and I do agree with what you're saying. I see the crocodile prints and the gold. I already see that there's some West African connection to this, that this is a Nigerian product. And it's weird how I'm just able to recognize that. I'm not sure if it's conditioning because I'm aware that this is an African bag, but it's subtle, right? Comparing it to when the shikis were big, we could clearly see that those were African prints. But it's great to see how you can make African fashion items more subtle. It's an African product, the crocodile patterns, Amaka, the gold, it just suggests that this is an African product, but it's not loud about it. And it's also very well made. So when you eventually expand to a wider demographic, maybe you're making, like you said, you're looking to make fashion items for men. If any of those designs speak to me, I'll definitely hit you up. Absolutely. I got you. And I wanted to add to when I first started Amaka, I did not have our name on the bags. But over time, I recognized people's desire to support the brand and show off the brand. And I made a decision consciously to put Amaka boldly on each of our bags because I wanted people to know that this was a Nigerian-owned brand and this is something for us. And not just Nigeria, but Africans in general. There aren't many major retailers that are specifically African. So to carry around a luxurious bag with the Amaka name on it, it's a conversation piece and it inspires people. When I show my bag and they see the Amaka name and they know the 
name and they recognize it, there's a sense of joy and pride that comes over them because they're like, wow, you know, you put an African name on a bag and it's beautiful. And I just love seeing that reaction. And it encouraged me to keep putting Africa in the forefront of my brand. That's amazing. And I definitely see this, your brand, Amaka, getting even bigger. It appears that you sold mainly in the U.S. Or have you had orders from people on the continent as well? Or do you plan to expand your sales to regions beyond our current borders? Yeah, so currently we do sell to the U.S. and Canada. Started in the U.S. and then we went into Canada. I always, always, always get messages, emails, and DMs from people all across the diaspora wanting to support. I do foresee us expanding in selling our product in other areas, but for right now we're in the U.S. But I've had bulk orders from people who are visiting here in the U.S., And I know that they're bulk orders for people in Nigeria or Ghana or South Africa. We've had a few there. And I've even had clients from the UK. So every now and then when I'll peek in to see who's ordering from us and why this large quantity, I'm like, oh, okay. They're probably sending some bags back home. But I hope to expand to other continents for sure, especially in Africa. Okay. And we've talked about your progress and how you were inspired by your deep appreciation and your passion for the, I guess, the fashion mission, why you chose handbags. And to the audience listening, it might sound very straightforward. You just had an idea and you followed through with it. But we know there are probably some hurdles along the way that you had to overcome. Do you mind sharing some of those hurdles with us? Oh, yeah. So obviously, my background is in healthcare. It's not in business. So I think In talking to other entrepreneurs or creatives in general, especially in the fashion and retail space, the biggest challenge that I and others have faced is learning business, understanding finances and books and understanding marketing and what it means to even have a target audience, understanding how to retain clientele. And on top of that, learning social media, not just from a consumer standpoint, but from an actual seller standpoint. Social media, I would say, is one of the greatest challenges to somebody who is specifically e-commerce because we have to utilize these platforms to reach many of our clients. So learning what an algorithm is, which I don't even think most people even use the term algorithm as much as they have in the past. We've all had to kind of figure it out and say social media and this algorithm and understanding reels and videos and all those things, that's not going anywhere. If we're going to utilize these platforms, we got to learn the platform. So I would say those were the biggest challenges, but the main thing was understanding business And when I realized I'm a creative, I have an eye for fashion, I know how to pick the right materials, that part is what drew me to do it. I recognized that it was important to delegate tasks, seek out professionals who understand business that can provide mentorship, advice, and resources where I could work with other people who are a little bit more specialized and versed in, in what I was struggling to understand. And through that process, you you have now a collection of Amaka handbags and you have ambition to expand to other fashion items, said men's bags as well, luggages. That sounds like something that you do maybe a few years, but can you tell us where you see Amaka one year from now? And where would you see Amaka five to 10 years from now? Ooh, great question. Amaka, one year from now, I see us expanding into men's. 
I see us taking a little bit more risks when it comes to fashion accessories, playing with different patterns and doing more pop-ups. Amaka had its first pop-up in 2022 with Umu Association, and it was amazing. I mean, the response was incredible. And I recognize that most people appreciate that brick and mortar experience, that actual bag to customer's hand experience. So I see us doing way more pop-ups within the next year, getting our bags in front of people for them to see, touch, and just have that experience. I was heavily inspired by, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but is it beasts or base? Base Luggage, they're a luggage and I guess carry-on brand. That's the best way I can put it. But they have created a pop-up experience in different parts of the United States that's very unique to them. I just actually came back from Dallas and they have a pop-up store in one of their outdoor shopping areas. And it's like a hotel-like flight luxury lounge experience that resonates with their audience, which people who are traveling often that want that luxurious experience. And I was so inspired walking through there because they don't have a traditional brick and mortar. They're complete e-commerce, but they created this pop-up experience so people can actually see the bags, understand the vision, get a feel of what they're selling. If not buy there, then go back online, visit their website and actually check out. So I was really inspired by that, and I'm hoping to create a similar experience with the Maka handbags and accessories as we expand to other demographics like men's and those who appreciate luggage and bags of that sort. And 10 years from now, do you see a Maka as a brick and mortar store, or do you still see yourself selling through e-commerce channels? It would be a dream to actually have an Amaka store. I can't fathom that right now, but right now I know e-commerce is a little bit easier but if we could expand into a brick and mortar, I mean, that would be a complete dream come true. Like I said, the sky's the limit. I won't put any limits on myself, but yeah, I can definitely see that happening. I can definitely see Amaka having a store in major parts of the U.S. and maybe one day in Nigeria. That's great. And when you expand Amaka overseas and people really embrace your product, we would love to see you thrive and we would love to be there to support you. Congrats. And we hope you keep on progressing. Absolutely. I'm excited about the future. So Ogechi, you are the founder of Amaka, a company that specializes in Afro-themed handbags. And you are targeting ladies from the ages of 25 to 34 but you're also hoping to expand your target demographic to include bags for men and also hoping to expand to other fashion items. And that aligns with your short and medium term goals. Now, it seems you want to keep this going. A lot of companies, a lot of people start these projects and they're not able to see to the extent that you've been working on Maka for, but you have plans for the future and you want to keep progressing. So I do wonder what motivates you to continue building this brand and Maybe who or what inspires you to keep moving forward? That's a great question. A few things. I would say God motivates me to keep going. I can't tell you how many times I thought of quitting when things got very tough. There were times that I didn't foresee myself going past the end of the month in the beginning. But the Lord continues to speak to me through different people, encouragement, I don't know if you've noticed, but on each of my bags, I put the scripture, Luke 145, 
And the scripture reads, blessed is she who believed in what was spoken to her from the Lord. And that scripture has inspired me quite a bit, so much so that I want to ensure that each person that does have our handbags sees it and believes the things that have been placed on her heart and what God has deposited in them and told them that is possible. So I would say God definitely inspires me to just keep going, especially during those difficult times of being an entrepreneur. My mother, who the entire brand is named after, she inspires me quite a bit. If you ask her, this is her business. Her name's on it. (laughs) She's my biggest cheerleader when it comes to Amaka. She always encourages me to keep going. Sometimes, you know, if I'm in between colors and I can't decide, I'll just call her up on FaceTime. I'm like, mommy, what do you think of these two? And she's like, ah, the black one or the green one or the purple one. So seeing her light up when she finds people or see people holding her bag. That just inspires me to create something of a legacy for her, that she sees her children are doing something to not only give back to our community, but to represent our culture, though being born here in America. So that encourages me. And then I would definitely say my sisters. My sisters were my first employees. They work for free. (laughs) So shout out to my sisters, but they're one of my, or two, they're twins, but Dubem and Anyem are some of my biggest cheerleaders. They see Amaka to be greater than what I can imagine at times. And they're always there to support me. They're always there to help me. They give me great feedback because they're like millennial Gen Zers. They're kind of in that soft, sweet spot. And me being millennial, sometimes I have no clue what's popular, what's on the TikTok and <laughs> what the kids what the kids are talking about. So they keep me young and they keep me fresh. And there have been plenty of times where I had ideas for bags and they're like, no, get you, that's completely hideous. Like, no. And I'm like, really? Okay. I thought it was cool, but <laughs> apparently it's not. But my sisters, they inspire me. They motivate me. They give me purpose. They keep me grounded. And no matter how big I get and how successful Amaka is, they always remind me of why I started the thing in the first place. When I first launched Amaka, I remember when I opened up my store and I pressed the button, they yelled louder than... <laughs> They yelled so loud that my dad, who at the, when I was living at home at the time, he came in and he heard them yelling. He was like, what's going on? They were just so excited for me. And they were there for my first sale. They were there in times where when I was selling in the front of my mom's house, because of course we didn't have a huge warehouse. So I had all my bags, like hundreds of bags in the living room of my mom's house, my dad's house. And my parents, well, my dad didn't understand what I was doing, but the twins were there organizing inventory and labeling. And when Amaka was still small, they were able to help me with my inventory and shipping. And they have been so supportive alongside my family and some of my amazing friends that are always, always promoting Amaka handbags. And I think it's so important as an entrepreneur, business owner, creative, to surround yourself with people who understand your vision. Surround yourself not just around people who are yes men, but people who can hold you accountable, people who can remind you of why you started it in the first place. There are many people that can get a taste of success and they can just kind of follow the trends of whatever is hot because they want to stay in that pocket of success. And they may lose sight of who they truly are, what they truly wanted to create. 
and get lost in that way. But when you are surrounded by people who have been there for the beginning or have joined in the wave, but that see your vision, that understand the brand and that can support you and keep you grounded and speak your name and speak of your brand in rooms that you're not even president in, I think that's such an invaluable thing. I try to keep a good camp of people around me. I've got a great family, strong, supportive friends. And there are days where I'm just like, I can't do this. And they come back and I'm like, yes, you can. Keep going. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do it. And there are definitely days where I'm just like, this is going to be this. And I'm going to have this. And they're like, all right, let's check the budget. <laughs> let's see if this is reasonable. So I have a, a pretty cool team. So. So yeah, so God, family, and friends. And I think those three sources of inspiration are what a lot of us can relate to. It sounds like you have a very strong supportive network and they're really helping you propel your brand of Amaka Ford. So I'm really glad you have those three important facets to lean on when you're trying to grow your business. Lastly, this is what we typically do on the show. We would like you to recommend a potential guest for us, somebody that's also looking to add value to the continent directly or indirectly in their own unique way? I would love to recommend Dr. Christine Izwakor. She is the owner of Cyber Pop-Up. She's Nigerian-American, born in Houston, Texas as well. She's from Missouri City like me. And she is a cybersecurity engineer. That's where she got her doctorate in. She is one of my greatest inspiration when it comes to being an entrepreneur and a business owner. I won't tell too much of her stories because I want her to tell you herself. And I'm more than certain in hearing how she lives. She has formulated and created this amazing, amazing, amazing business and how it has inspired many people like myself and has touched so many people. And it's just an amazing thing that she's doing. But Dr. Christina Zawakor is somebody that you guys should look up because you guys won't be disappointed. And not only is she an amazing business owner, she's incredibly intelligent, which she describes herself as a walking lituation, but she is such a sweet soul and a kind personality full of so much wisdom. And she calls herself a walking lituation. So she's somebody you wanna and want to reach out to. And she's also one of my best friends. <laughs> We've grown up together. So, yeah. Great plug. So we'll definitely look into them. And that actually does it for our time here, Ogeji. It was really great talking to you and learning about your journey and hearing about how you've grown Amaka to its current stage. And we wish you and Amaka the very best of luck in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And I'm just so excited for what you guys are doing. And I'm just going to continue to watch. So thank you.